So the WWE began its first draft in three years last night. And for the life of me, I can't explain why they did what they did. At one point in the show, if you checked out my Instagram last night and saw a, a post I had put up, basically going over the draft pool that they would have for Friday Night SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. The first 10 picks out of the gate were literally pick by pick exactly how they had it on WWE's website. The first 10 picks out of the game. And everybody on social media pretty much was shitting all over it and were thinking that the draft list actually got leaked. They thought, well, pretty much the first two rounds literally were leaked. Or maybe, I mean... I wouldn't say the rest of the fight, the rest of the rounds had had pretty much gone the same way, but literally, they had every single person, the first 10 picks, and we'll go over all the picks in just a moment. But to have that happen on the first night of the WWE draft, as if the show wasn't absolutely dreadful enough we had to deal with this draft so let's go over the first two rounds mainly the first round in general out the gate we got Becky Lynch as number one the number one overall pick and as you would expect going to Monday Night Raw Roman Reigns surprisingly Going number two to SmackDown. Now, mind you, I'm just going off memory, so don't mind me. The OC, the entire group, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, came in at number three. My opinion, the best pick of the first round. And then came the Shocker. Of the of me personally, the entire four rounds that went down last night. Bray Wyatt is going to SmackDown. I'll get to him in a second. With Drew McIntyre rounding up the first round. Now, like I said before, Becky Lynch going to Raw, that was to be expected. Roman staying on SmackDown, that was to be expected. The OC going to back to Raw, that was to be expected. Drew McIntyre going to Raw. I'll talk about, I'll put it like this. I would have preferred he go to SmackDown. Because of that, of the first, of those first five picks, Drew McIntyre needed a change in brand the most out of, I would say almost everyone who was going to get drafted this year. Drew McIntyre was doing absolutely dog shit. Up until his injury. And unfortunately, he's going to be staying on Monday Night Raw. 
I think that was a bad choice there. I think I really think that Drew McIntyre on SmackDown would have served a lot better purpose than Bray fucking Wyatt moving over to Raw. Or should I say to SmackDown? You've essentially killed everything that you did with Bray Wyatt at Hell in a Cell. Killed it completely. And now we know why. And now we know why. Because they were bringing him over to SmackDown. In the same brand as Roman Reigns. And more than likely, Brock Lesnar too. That was the one thing I don't think many people wanted to happen. Bray Wyatt on SmackDown is going to be overshadowed. Unless they actually have a plan for Bray going forward... I don't think this was the best choice they could have made. The worst, the worst two picks out of that first round out the gate. Drew McIntyre stays on Raw. Bray Wyatt going over to SmackDown. So this is what we did all this for. This is what we did all this for. Is to screw over the fans. And then on top of that, send your hottest commodity... Over to SmackDown because more than likely Fox wanted him. More than likely Fox wanted him. Damn shame. Damn shame that they would actually have the balls to pull that off. Going into the second round, Randy Orton, so now moving over to Raw, so be it. Braun Strowman is now a SmackDown guy. Not surprising. But now we have that possibility of Braun Braun versus Roman again. And to be truthfully honest with you, I want no parts of that whatsoever. No part of that whatsoever. Uh, Let me see. I believe Ricochet was then drafted third in the round. I want to be sure I got this right for the most part. I believe the Revival were drafted after and then Bobby Lashley to Raw. Out of that five, it all made sense. It all honestly made sense. Um, Ricochet staying on Raw kind of made sense, but I would have liked to see him move. Randy Orton moving to Raw, that was kind of a foregone conclusion. They did everything they needed to with Randy on um, SmackDown. Bobby Lashley, I don't really give a shit about Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is a charisma vacuum and couldn't even entertain my dog with his in-ring ability. More than likely, she will be sleeping on the love seat and you know, thinking about chasing squirrels and cats. Going over, let me see. I'm just going to go over the rest of the remainder of SmackDown's picks. Lacey Evans, smartest move they could have made because the natty Lacey Evans feud needed to end quickly. And thankfully for us, Natalia is now a Raw superstar. Revival, of course, 
because uh, since they're SmackDown Tag Team Champions, it made sense for them to stay on there. I don't even know why champions are drafted in the first place. Champions should be excluded and should remain on the brands that they won the titles from. Why would you be drafting your, your tag team champions who are already champions of the brand you're drafting for? Same thing with the Raw Tag Team Championship. Same thing with the Raw Respect. Respect that women's champions. They are the champions of your brand, of the division. It makes no damn sense. And then you have your mid-card champions and your top brand's champions. And the Universal Championship is literally a belt that was made on Raw and is a red strap. What, are they going to send Sephiroth over to SmackDown and have a blue strap around it? No. So it's safe for us to say Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar are now going to be representing Raw and SmackDown, respectively. Quite simple. It's a mere formality. AJ Styles, pretty much already on, got drafted in the first round to Raw. So the United States Championship is already there. That means already Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be drafted and remain on SmackDown. So to round out SmackDown... Uh, they also drafted the Lucha House Party, which I would never have even drafted them at all. And uh, Heavy Machinery, which kind of made sense for them to go over to SmackDown. R- rounding out Raw, after Lashley got drafted, Alexa Bliss, by herself, Kevin Owens, Natalia, the Viking Raiders, Nikki Cross, by herself, and the Street Prophet. If you wanted Bliss and Cross to break up, why didn't you just have Alexa stay on Raw? Nikki goes to SmackDown. Personally, I think Nikki going to SmackDown would have made all kinds of sense. If you had them drop the titles to Asuka and Kyrie Sane, and then for some reason, some you know reason, you draft Alexa Bliss by herself. And then Nikki Cross in the fourth round by herself. What the hell are you trying to say? It's obvious you're trying to break them up anyway, so why don't just go full on through with it? Like, are we, are we, are we, am I, am I like a literally like clown world right now with this shit? I mean, looking up and down so far, I mean, Raw may have gotten the better end of the deal, given the fact that they get three picks for SmackDowns at every SmackDown two picks. But just the way they went about it was so dumb. Pretty much every person who was already on Raw, minus Randy Orton and Kevin Owens, every person was already on that brand. The more, let me see, Banks, Wyatt, Strowman, Evans, and Lucha House Party are all new. But if you're trying to make SmackDown the end show, wouldn't you want to have your best players on that brand? Yes, Bray Wyatt's a hot commodity. I get that. 
doesn't fit on SmackDown right now. But you already fucked them over at Hell in a Cell. And I'll be talking about the original plans for the Hell in a Cell ending in just a bit. But this whole entire show is a joke. The show is terrible. Outside of Bailey turning heel and winning back the SmackDown Women's Championship, nothing to write home about for last night's episode of SmackDown Live. The draft as a whole served no purpose. If this is the way it was going to be panning out. With your first 10 picks out the gate already leaked. In order. And then you had to switch it up for the third round. At that point, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were supposed to be drafted together. Alexa Bliss was done by herself. Then Strowman. Then I believe it was supposed to be the revival, but then they switched that up to Kevin Owens. If you want, I saw the whole thing. I posted the whole entire draft eligible eligible pool list already on my Instagram. If you want to see kind of how it would have shaken shaken out had they kept status quo. All you would have to do is just follow the pattern of Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, Raw. And you could have pretty much done their, or what they are possibly going to do. I'm not going to say fully, possibly what they were going to do pick by pick. The show was the show was bad. The show was really bad. I was honestly, you know, like I said, the only thing I was really shocked by was Bailey's Bailey's full-blown heel turn, full-blown look. She cut her hair, no more side ponytail. She's wearing different gear. Slashed the Bailey, Bailey buddies, and I saw some uh, Twitter videos online of kids crying. Crying, bro. Crying, bro. Holy shit. If you if that's not a heel turn, I don't know what is. When you have kids literally at home with parents, well, I mean, this is probably bad parenting, but <laughs> the parents were born, parents were made to embarrass their kids. Um, and that's what y'all need to get started. And by the way, parents, start embarrassing the kids again, yo. That shit's fun. When your kids start messing with you, yeah, mommy, remember that one time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, remember that one time when you kissed your pants in front of them all? Yeah. That's like, <laughs> oh my God, it's like a parent. But yeah, yeah, embarrass your kids more often. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but seriously, kids literally cry. That's a heel turn. Now you've got to capitalize on that. Big time. We've already given her championship back, which basically tells us, since Sasha and Bailey are now on SmackDown, they can't have an overload of horsewomen. Charlotte is going to Raw. Hmm. Not bad. But they just had to gift her that um, 10th title reign, though. Yeah, they gifted her that one. Yeah, oh, you want number 10? We're, we're, yeah, we know we're going to send, we're probably going to send you over to Raw anyway, so here's your 10th championship. Go be a transitional champion for a couple weeks, and we'll pretty much uh, get the title back to Bailey on uh, SmackDown uh, during the draft night. That was fucking dumb. Bailey just should have retained that if that was the case. But now goes my two-woman power trip uh, angle that I, literally, I I booked to fucking perfection. That literally goes now out the window. And now we get 
heel Bailey. Well, the eventual feud between a heel Bailey and a face Sasha. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because then it's Sasha Banks and Bailey. And it's kind of the one feud I've been wanting I haven't really truly seen on the main roster. Literally since both of them have come up from NXT. But now, at this point, the roles are gonna be reversed. Unless they do buddy buddy with Bailey and Sasha for a while. But they won't be it. But see, that's why. That's why Sasha should have won the Raw Championship. All you would have had to do was just switch Becky and, ba- and Charlotte, and have your two woman power trip, winning the winning the tag team championships. Still, because by rule, women's tag team championships can go on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. We already kind of had pieces leading to that, and you kind of got the hints of who was going to go where, determining from Hell in a Cell. But overall, out of the four, four, those four rounds, Bray Wyatt was the most shocking. Um, a lot of them were pretty much inevitable. Um, some were a lot raw, pretty much just like exactly the same, plus Randy Orton and Kevin Owens. That's it. Nothing's really changed yet. And like I said, I wasn't going to do any mock drafting because it would have been a pain in my ass. My rosters would have been completely different with philosophies and identities to their, to their exact brands. I'll probably do that in my universe mode in 20, 2K20 whenever when, I, when that drops in a couple weeks. And I'm going to be so broke because that game's going to be like that. Oh my God, why? Why do I want to pre order shit? Because I want the Bray Wyatt theme. I'm a sucker for it. I'm a sucker for it. I can't help it. Here's what it basically is. But, yeah, the, the, I mean, everything about the draft itself was just a failure. I just didn't, if this is the, if, like, knowing what we know now, would I want to want, would I want to see this draft continue? No. Because they did it wrong. Seriously, if you were going to have a sports-like feel to it, didn't feel like it. Yet, Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon making the picks. That was just a joke. You know, pandering to the crowd. Oh, I'm not getting booze. Where's the booze? I was expecting booze. That was trash. That was boring. I just didn't care for it. I just absolutely didn't give a shit. After the first two rounds. Once Bray Wyatt got picked to SmackDown, it was pretty much like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, we don't give a fuck. Fox wanted Bray Wyatt. Let that be known. Fox wanted Bray Wyatt. If Vince McMahon had to deal with Fox's shit, trust me, Bray Wyatt would have stayed on Raw. But Bray Wyatt is a hot commodity. Fox pretty much bullied Vince McMahon into getting Bray Wyatt. And I and I was I read that. Paul Heyman wanted and fought and clawed tooth and nail to retain Bray Wyatt. Fought tooth and nail and still Fox still got the draft rights to Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was going to be a Paul Heyman guy. He was a Paul Heyman guy. So it was AJ Styles. 
boy and a guy. I don't know where we go from here with that, but the remainder of the draft is pretty much a joke. I mean, we'll see how they pan out. We'll see how, I mean, we got maybe some positives out of it. But other than that, truthfully, you know, if, if I had to rate the show, it was literally a two out of ten. You know, the only reason that it got it doesn't get a zero from me, because uh, of the Bailey shit. Bailey Bailey literally saved SmackDown from being a literal two, a little zero. Anyway, so well in this opening segment, I'm talking about the original plans. Hell in a Cell between Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt. This is from Alex Hogler from thesportster.com. The WWE Universe is still looking for answers after the controversial main event ending at Hell in a Cell, where Seth Rollins was disqualified for attacking Bray Wyatt with a sledgehammer. Hell in a Cell matches always carry no disqualification stipulations, so the ending made absolutely no sense to fans. No fucking shit. Referee Rod Zapata released a statement and said he was simply looking out for Wyatt's safety. But it's not enough. And fans will continue will continue to wonder why such an ending took place. The spectators in Sacramento chanted AEW and refund following a finish that won't be forgotten anytime soon. Interestingly, Vince McMahon actually had a much different plan in place for the Hell in a Cell. And I think they meant plan, not plane. But for the Hell in a Cell ending, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, the original call was for Wyatt to take a gimmick bump off the top of the cage. This would make Wyatt injured and thus no longer capable of continuing the match. The Universal Championship bout would then be stopped only for Wyatt to come up in an Undertaker-like fashion and attack Rollins with his mandible claw. This ending would have made a lot more sense and fans would have certainly enjoyed it more than the disqualification ending. It makes you wonder why WWE went with this ending instead. Both Wyatt and Rollins were absent from this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. It'll be interesting to see what both men have to say when they are make their next appearance on television. Rollins is going to face Roman Reigns at tomorrow's night. And pretty much we saw Wyatt attack Rollins again. So let me get this straight. Instead of... So... What we got was the referee disqualifying Rollins and having the balls to say, kayfabe statement, I was simply looking out for Wyatt's safety. And they called it a referee stoppage. The original plan sounds a million fucking times better than what we got on Sunday. That literally could have saved Hell in a Cell. Wyatt takes a bump, makes Wyatt injured, thus no longer capable of continuing the match. Bout ends pretty much with Seth Rollins retaining his championship because Wyatt can't continue. And then an Undertaker-like faction attack Rollins with the Mandible Claw. I would have fucking loved that shit. Take a bump from what, 15 feet high? Probably higher, probably like 20-something feet high? It's in the 20s. Take a bump. Crowd pops for it. Referee sees that Wyatt can no longer continue, rings the bell. Seth retains. Seth comes out. Whatever. 
you know, Undertaker comes up. Oh, peekaboo, bitch, gets him with the mandible claw, and that's how you act. I would have fucking loved that shit. That would have been a more acceptable ending than what we got this past Sunday. Vince McMahon could have literally saved his own ass. He had the right call. He had the right move to make. Instead, Captain Dumbass has the referee call for the bell. For Wyatt's sake. This is why WWE is so goddamn frustrating. We knew going in, they booked themselves into a corner. Had they done the original ending, that would have been a better out than what we got this past Sunday. That would have been a much more acceptable out. I would have been like, you know what? Okay, that's fine. I could have, I would have literally, I would be okay with that. I would have accepted it. I would have watched it. Loved the bump because that's a, it's a hardcore bump to take. Have him pop up, mandible claw. That's how we end on the cell. Like, you know what? I'm okay with that. That's your out. That's, that's the best out you got. I can take that. Instead, you piss off an entire crowd in Sacramento and have them chanting AEW and refund. This is why Vince McMahon needs to get the fuck out of here. Seriously. We still have Crown Jewel in a couple weeks. Who's really going to watch that? We still have Survivor Series. Royal Rumble. And if I'm right, Elimination Chamber. And that's when, if I'm not mistaken, the XFL begins. First week of February, right after the Super Bowl. I pray to every single god that, including the wrestling gods, that Vince McMahon, once he leaves for the XFL, leaves WWE alone to work on the XFL. Well, we know he won't. We know he won't. And shit like this, that pisses us off. Had you done the original ending for Hell in a Cell, fans would have been more accepting of the fact that that was the way it went out. You went out on a crazy spot, and then you ended on a crazy spot. I, I, I don't fucking know. I don't know. But let's be real with ourselves. Let's be real with ourselves. I don't know how they're going to do night two. More importantly, I don't even give a shit what they do at night two, because I'll be working anyway. So it won't matter. But I don't know if WWE, I mean, the real season actually starts next Friday. We'll see how these rosters truly pan out when it truly starts October 18th. That is D-Day. That is literally D-Day. Because if they don't get it right in less than a week's time, WWE is fucked. And NXT and AEW will simply keep it moving, keep it pushing, keep doing what they're doing, wowing crowds every single fucking Wednesday. Because remember, Wednesday night is always the best night. This is episode 119 of the 
Young Lions perspective. And with that being said, let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Listeners Podcast here. Welcome to episode 120 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely Saturday afternoon slash evening. I do apologize for not saying 120 in the ending of the opening segment. I don't know why I was thinking about it was still yesterday. For some reason, my mind slipped me, but I do apologize for that. But either way, I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the World, thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. So, a couple things happened on NXT UK this past Thursday. The big, the first one out the gate is that Vic Joseph, now the lead commentator on Monday Night Raw, is no longer the lead commentator on NXT UK. He has now been replaced by Tom Phillips himself, completing the actual Grand Slam of voice commentating here in the WWE. He is the only man that I know of to have done commentary on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and NXT UK. So, that's not a bad accomplishment to have in your in your career. To be the only man to ever do commentary on all four brands, the main brands of WWE. That's quite an accomplishment for a young man of his age. I believe he's in his, like, his mid-30s. If I'm not mistaken, actually, let's check out his age. Let's see how old this man is. He's not that old. Still a young chap. Yeah, he's 30 years old. I'm older than him? As fuck. Huh. Son of a bitch. He just turned 30 a couple months ago. But I can't be mad, though, because he's a Penn State grad. And I'm a Penn State fan, so that's cool. 30 years old. And he's accomplished that. Michael Cole, Michael Cole can't say that. If I, if I, the only one he hasn't done is NXT. And technically, you can say he has never done NXT UK either because he was only doing the United Kingdom Championship Tournament. NXT UK wasn't even a thing then. So yeah, Tom Phillips can definitively say over every commentator that has done anything in terms of WWE commentating, he can say all four, I've done. So... It is what it is, but it is really cool to see Tom Phillips now with Nigel McGuinness. And to be fully honest, I am going to miss Vic Joseph on NXT UK because he was he was really starting to you know make waves with Nigel McGuinness. But I think Tom Phillips is, is, is a really good upgrade for NXT UK. He can bring out he brings a lot of experience to it. He can he can tell a story, and the fact that it's just him and Nigel, I think, will definitely work wonders for him. The experience that. Nigel has is played by you know as a color analyst, um, with his knowledge of the wrestling game, and paired with Tom Phillips, who can who can tell a good story. I think this duo will work very well for him, and I think we'll pay dividends going forward as they move further and they get gain more chemistry over the next coming weeks and months. But enough about that. They immediately make an announcement out the gate. From Johnny Saint that Mark Coffey and Wolfgang of Gallus 
will finally get what they want. They are going to get Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster next week for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. And I am all for it. I'm all for that. I'm all ready to see how Gallus and Webster and Andrews get down. I still think Andrews and Webster will retain. It'll be a very good first test for them after getting past um, Gibson and Drake, the Grizzly Young Veterans. But this will be a very good test for them. Now getting past the hump, now knowing it wasn't a fluke, showing the world it wasn't a fluke, that now Gallus is a very tough challenge. And we'll see how it goes when they get down with the get down next week. But let's kick off the show properly. Starting off the night, the hunt in tag team action going up against Howley and Stoker, the team known as Pretty Deadly. They look like a, bunch, a, bunch, a couple of extras that got trapped in the time machine from Saturday Night Fever days and came to 2019 thinking they were going to be successful as a tag team. That's just how I saw it. They look like a guy, a couple of extras from Saturday Night Fever. Trust me, he would have fit. They would have fit right in with John Travolta's character without fail. Anyways, the team sorted everything out, so it will be Wild Boar taking on, going up against Hallie to start off. They tie up. Boar goes after the arm, wrenches it, yanking on the arm, then goes for the chin bar, brings Hallie down to the mat, goes for the cover, gets a one count. Boar staying on the arm, wrenching it again. Hallie starts hitting him with body shots and headlocks. Boar, but Boar easily powers out. They start speeding, speeding things up. Boar tripping Hallie in the process, clotheslining him down to the mat, then gets to a corner. Howley gets to a corner, Boar then rams his shoulder in on Howley. Ooh, excuse me. Howley crawling over, like he was crawling over to Stoker to get the tag. Boar drops him with the senton right on his back. Immediately tags in Primate, who hits a springboard double axe handle. Primate then wars, getting the crowd hype. Picks Howley up for a waist lock slam. Howard then goes for the scoop and a slam to the mat. Tags in Boar, coming in with the fast tags, who becomes the human weapon, throwing being thrown by Primate into a back suplex senton. Howley's gasping for air as he gets to a neutral corner. Stoker finally gets the tag, but wait! Referee says that's not legal because he walked all the way over to the neutral corner to tag him in, but it was all a smart delay tactic. Howley drop kicks Boar, and then Stoker finally gets the tag officially, getting in the matchup, who uppercuts Boar down to the mat. Stoker hitting Primate. Uh, Ref has to keep Primate back due to all the, you know, the tactics and all, and trying to, you know, keep order in the ring. Stoker gets away with punching Boar all around, brings him up to the pretty deadly corner, tags in Howley. Stoker then feeds Boar to Howley's knee, your face, knee, pleasure to meet you. Howley then throws a couple more body shots, backs Boar down into the corner, tags in Stoker immediately, now coming with the fresh tag, keeping the fresh man in. Double Irish whips to Boar in the corner, Stoker clubs Boar in the corner over, then tags Howley in. Boar comes back with haymakers, but Stoker tackles him for Howley to hit a leaping elbow. Then cheap shots Primate, but that just pisses him off. Starts Howley starting to talk Primate. Boar gets Howley in a German suplex, tumbles to his corner. Stoker immediately tags in. Stoker grabs Boar, throws him to the corner, and then gets distracted by Primate. Growling, gets tripped over by Boar as he rolls over, literally rolling to one side, tripped him over, tags in Primate with a hot tag. He starts rallying on Stoker with huge clotheslines. Rose Stoker with an exploder. Suplex runs in. Big corner clothesline. Howley goes after him, but he eats a backdrop for his efforts. Stoker goes for, his, goes for the right hand. Misses. Eats a spear from Primate. He drags Stoker around into the middle of the ring. Tags in. Boar. They both go up top. Hit Stoker with double flying headbutts, and that was enough to get the victory for the hunt in this, on Thursday's episode of NXT UK. A nice little showcase match for the hunt. Getting him back into the swings of things. 
which I can easily appreciate. I am a big fan of the hunt. Um, I hope I want success for these two. Um, I think they fit very well together with the style that they have. Um, I mean, having the wild a wild boar in a in a primate perfectly just makes their animalistic style just perfect across the board, which I can definitely like and dig. But after the matchup ended, out came Imperium, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel specifically. They stare him down, and Marcel uh, Barcel has actually has a mic and says, "Animals, animals, all I see." animals you two defecate on the mat that we see is sacred yeah, immediately primate leaps on the eichner on the outside board does a suicide dive on the bartel they're not trying to talk they're trying to fight they start brawling fans fired up and out comes alexander wolf takes out boar boots primate boar is now laying against the steps the steel steps they proceed to bull primate into boar and that's and that ended that Imperium standing tall, and it looks like the Hunt now have their next kill, possibly to go after. We then had a little bit of a vignette with Ilya Dragunov, the Moscow Madman himself, after two losses from the Forest Cassius Ono and Cesaro. He comes back to us next week to grace us with his presence. Who knows what will happen. Hopefully he gets it off on, on a better foot and gets a quick win um, to get back into the swing of things and hopefully into his next possible feud going forward. We then got one of my favorites, one of my really, really big favorites, Jordan Devlin, the Irish ace. The Irish ace going up against Jack Stars, who was supposed to have a match against Mike Bird. Um, last week in a showcase match, but unfortunately, Gallus came out and pretty much used that as a way to attack Bird in the process, who had actually trained Mark Andrews and Flash Webster. So that's kind of how they, how everything ties in with that. So basically, he wants to get, he wants to show everyone still that he is he should be the top guy. He should be the one facing Volter for the NXT UK Championship, or. My bad, the WWE UK Championship. Apparently, we still can't say NXT UK officially championship yet. So it means what it means, whatever. But anyway, getting into the matchup, of course, they tie up. Devin goes to the wrist lock, sweeping the legs, immediately stands on Stars, talking trash to the young lad. Devlin wrenches the wrist. Stars kicks up cartwheels and gets Devlin to back, gets under Devlin, backdrops him to the mat. Devlin gets a little bit pissed for getting shown up by Stars, but he just runs into the Gorilla Press, Gorilla Press, and slams him down and gets all fired up. Now that was damn near close to a possible bad fall for Devlin. The way he had him, he had him, but I just don't think he had enough of his arms underneath him to complete the press fully. Like you, if you've seen one Gorilla Press, you understand you've seen them all. And just the way he did it didn't really go off too well. But a we'll only knock off a little bit, a couple points. For, but, but we still get the A for effort. Anyway, Devlin then bait stars, sends him right into the pole, shoulder first, dragging stars out of the corner, rocks him with a right hand, goes for the Irish whip, stars reverses it, and goes for the gorilla press again. This time it was actually better than the first. Fans firing up with stars, showing off his strength. Devlin immediately rakes the eyes of stars to get out of the situation. Starts stopping a mud hole into stars. Referee has to back him off at four. He then goes for the springboard, stomping him down on the mat. Devlin then wrenches his neck. Scoops him up for a shoulder breaker. The ending had seen. Because this didn't take too long at all. Following a standing moonsault from Devlin. 
Your drag stars up, elbows him in the head. Fan starting ugly Balor as he knee stars around it and drag stars up. Hits that atomic backbreaker. Choke stars on the ropes. Let's up at two. Stars tries to fight back, but Devin stomps him on the mat. Puts it the top block. Stars finally fights out, clubs him down, club down back hard into the mat by Devlin, who starts toying with him, saying, you don't belong here with me. Starts firing, uh, stars in response, firing European uppercuts, body shots, hits him with a drop kick, gets a running European uppercut in the corner. Devlin slips out, slingshots in, and hits that sweet slingshot cutter that he has so well. Brings him up, starts kicking away with the Kawada kicks on Stars' face, ripcords right into the Devlin side. One, two, three. Victory for Jordan Devlin. And like I said, that Devlin side finisher is gnarly. It's absolutely a thing of greatness. And the way he did it, he literally, after the quad catch, he had his right arm, literally pulls him in and just hit. It was a sickening, spinning back body, back suplex, if you think about it. And the way he did it on Jack Stars, and Stars sold it perfectly. It was about as clean as you could get with that finisher, but. Ace wasn't done just yet. He grabs the mic and says he won't be vindicated until he has another UK championship match. He asks, how many members of this roster do I have to chew up and spit out before you all realize that the biggest star on this brand isn't Tyler Bate, it isn't Joe Coffey, it isn't Walter, it's the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin. But out comes Bomber Dave Mastiff. Of course, he was actually scheduled for a match right after um, Devlin's match. So this is kind of it's kind of understanding as to why he uh, was pretty much coming out. But it looked like he was maybe going wanting to get a little action with Devlin beforehand. So he gets in the ring. Massive says Devlin should watch this match. Uh, he grabs the mic, goes after Devlin. Devlin bails out immediately, saying, "You know, another time. You know, do this on my time." But he grabs the mic and says, "You should watch this matchup next." Maybe I'll make time for another match, especially one with the so-called greatest star in NXT UK. Devlin, of course, refusing the offer. He wants none of the bomber. And he prepares for his match against Kenny Williams. And before we get into the Master Williams match, I think we're getting a Devlin Mastiff feud. And I'm all fucking for it. I'm all for it. Ooh, ooh, that move though. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I just got college football on, on the TV right now as I'm recording this. So if you see me just see that, ooh, ooh, touchdown. Okay. Yeah, that's because I'm watching uh, Oklahoma actually win, beating Texas today, 34-27. Congratulations. Congratulations to the Oklahoma Sooners. Man, where's it hard? I swear. Anywho, but getting, in, but getting into it, you know, Dave Master versus Jordan Devlin, wouldn't mind seeing that match at all. That would be a possibly good way to maybe get a number one contenders match out of it for the uh, WWE United Kingdom Championship. And I would be very happy to see either man face Falter for the title, because that match will be absolutely fucking bonkers. But getting into Dave Mastiff versus Kenny Williams. I love me some Kenny, but I love me some Dave Mastiff a lot. Um, this, unfor- this match, I don't know if this was actually supposed to go the way it went but I was kind of bummed out a little bit but I understood the story they were trying to tell with this so let's get into it real fast Mastiff circling with Williams Williams trying to keep his distance ends up cornered by Mastiff Mastiff grinning as he dares Williams to tie up he wants to tie up with him 
You know, he tried to go one way and try to get out, try to get out of the way. Earlier, prior to that, he actually got underneath. He actually rolled out and got away from Mastiff, but Mastiff cornered him, and then they tie up. But Mastiff tosses it. Williams across the way immediately, and I literally damn near spit up my coffee. Laughing at this. I was I literally laughed at that. Williams gets up, circles with Mastiff again, but trying to stay back to tie up again. Mastiff blocking the whip, strength and size. Mastiff again whips Williams. Williams goes up, shows how lucky he is, of course. Tim doing a little taunt there for Mastiff, who leaps over Mastiff, starts to speed things up. Have to do it, stick and move, stick and move. Williams leaps into Mastiff's arms. Ooh, excuse me. Yeah. Carbonated sparkling water. That will do a number on you. Mm, excuse me. But Mastiff pops Williams up. Fireman's carry. Williams slips around. Gets the, somehow gets the crucifix. Gets the cover. Gets a two count out of that. Williams then goes for the headlock. Mastiff immediately powers out. Williams hurdles him. U-turn. Springs boards for a back elbow. It came off really nice. But that only staggered Mastiff with Springsteen McQueen, as he calls it, which proper name there. Runs in at the corner. He tosses Williams out high and hard, though. But and this is where it kind of went uh-oh. So after he pretty much tossed him up and over to the outside, he lands on his feet, but he kind of looked like he hurt his knee, shin, or ankle in the process. He was clutching the leg, fans starting to chant him up, trying to, you know, get him rallying back up. Williams hobbling, hops up, forearms massive away from him. Williams still trying, but goes to the springboard, but that pretty much did not work out the way he wanted it to. Uh, Williams is sitting in the corner. Referee checks on him, asks him if he's okay to continue. He said, I think so. Williams then gets the headlock. Master powers out immediately, but Williams could barely run upon the push to the ropes. But Massive ain't showing no mercy on no lad that has a hurt ankle. Runs him over with the shoulder. Clamps onto his head, starts clubbing Williams, crawling, and Williams crawling into the corners. Massive keeping on him with a snapmare. Big elbow to the head. He wraps Williams up in a crooked crutch, but Williams tucks it out. Finally stands up. He reels him out. Massive reels him out, whips him into the corner. Williams tumbles up, tumbles down, right into the backdrop of Dave Mastiff. Referee checking on Williams again. Williams, though, refusing to quit, which I can appreciate. The ending, though, it seemed pretty much Williams' demise. He slingshots and springboards off the good foot. What was meant to be a stunner or a cutter comes with a body check from Mastiff. Both ends slowly get up. Williams manages to run pendulum. Hits the sling blade. Goes for the cover, gets a two count out of that. Williams still with all the pain that he's got in his right foot, firing himself up. Massive slowly rises. William hops on for a wheelbarrow. Massive blocks it right into the toss. William ending up in the corner. Massive going corner to corner. Hits into the void, that cannonball. And that was enough for Massive to defeat Kenny Williams. Of course, Massive offers William Williams a handshake. Williams takes it, knowing that, you know, kudos for you for, you know, not just quitting. For continuing the fight regardless of your pain um hopefully it's just kayfabe and not for real but i the way they did it i believe that was kind of kayfabe which is okay sometimes you're gonna have that you know would possibly main uh possible match between the two over again who knows nxt though here's from zaya brookside it's been a while since we've seen the lovely adorable cutie pie that is zaya brookside i am just a man I am merely just a man. Unfortunately, in the United States, she's not of a legal age to have a drink yet, but it is what it is. Anywho, so she says she's back for an update, talking to the NXT universe, UK universe. 
But unfortunately, she gets cut off by Nina Samuels, telling her it's cute that the little darling has so many followers. Zaya, though, says, hang on, Nina. If you think you're big, put your money where your mouth is and have a match with me. Nina pretty much is just like, hell? Storms off, but no exception to the challenge whatsoever, so I guess we're going to get a little mini feud between Samuels and Zaya Brookside, or at least a match, um, just to get a little something going for the women's division going forward. The NXT UK Tag Team Champions have arrived. Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster in Brentwood now. They actually have finished their run with Cardiff and now are in Brentwood, England. Brentwood crowd going bananas. Mark asking the crowd how we're doing tonight. And, you know, the crowd goes bananas. He's saying there's that energy that helped us to help these two win these tag team titles. And they haven't had the chance. The Flash, well, we know that without you guys behind us, this wouldn't be possible. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. The Father coming out saying that it's time to talk now to talk business. When we won these titles, we vow to take on the world and show that the NXT UK Tag Team Division is the best in the world. They're ready to defend the title anytime, anywhere, against any team. And immediately out comes their opponents for next week for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. Mark Coffee and Wolfgang are at commentary for some reason. Mark grabbing a mic and says, lads, lads, lads. We would be really we would be impressed with you. Really, if we weren't so embarrassed. Thanks? You're thanking the fans? Stop sucking up to the fans before we take those titles from you. Let's get one thing right. The only keeping Gallus the only thing keeping Gallus away is that they want something left to pin in the title match. Flashboard Webster responds saying, You got you may think that. But the Welshmen are going to kick both your asses. And Wolfgang is ready. Wolfgang kind of reminds me of that one kid in your friend in your group of friends that literally, you know, is, is mag chill. You cool. But you'll still be willing to fight anybody, you know, that pisses him off at the slightest, you know, advance of aggression. Or at least have a verbal shout out, you know, with somebody. Bees what it bees. We'll see what happens when it goes down next week for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. We then get into a backstage interview with No Amdar, Supernova 11. Pretty much talking with the boy Rad Z saying he did beat Trent Seven by disqualification. No Amdar cuts him off saying a win is a win and Seven couldn't get the job done. I am being the bigger man and putting this in the past. I am on to something bigger, and south comes Trent Seven. Referee's trying to keep the peace, but Seven wants his towel back. He took the man's towel. He took the B, the BSS towel that he had. That's all he wanted. He wanted his towel back. Since I mean, since I had to step in and uh, calm Seven down, but you know, Dwayne Barr, he is one to be a petty motherfucker. And slaps Seven right across the face, and he is, and Seven is pissed. Wanting to keep him away from Dar, but Sad Scala says, you know what? Screw it. Two weeks, you two are facing each other again. Seven yelling at Dar, I told you to wind your neck in. And Dar, of course, trying to, you know, beat the big man's like, I didn't do anything. You know, he was coming at me. You know, he was was being aggressive. I was being aggressive. So I smacked the shit out of him. Anywho. So we now know in two weeks' time that we will get the rematch between Seven and Noam Dar. Backstage with Andrews and Webster saying the big match is coming and asking NXT UK media asking, when's the response to Gallus' words? 
And out come the grizzled young veterans saying, we're not, you know, calm down. We're not here to scrap. We're locker room leaders. We let everyone know, especially the, you two. And no matter who wins next week, those titles will be back to where they belong. Good luck. So I don't think they're done just yet with Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. But anyway, this is a very quick review. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on, but, you know, it was just more so a lot of backstage segments and all that stuff. But anywho, main event time here on NXT UK Review. Piper Nibbin going up against Jazzy Gabbard. Pretty much these two had some, uh, not these two technically, but Piper Niven and Ginny um, had a little bit of beef over, you know, who possibly would lay claim to being the next NXT UK Women's Champion. I still think it's Tegan Knox personally, but that remains to be seen in terms of, um, you know, how they're booking stuff. Because they're going to have Tegan Knox um, on NXT next week. And I'm interested to see how that is going to work out. Maybe a formation of Team Fly Kicks. I don't know. But hopefully I'm still, I mean, like I said, if I'm wrong, so be it. But I would have loved to see, for some reason, Tegan Knox be the one to actually take the title away from Kaylee Ray at the next NXT UK uh, TakeOver event whenever they have it. But the reason we have this match is because Piper Niven and Ginny, like I was, I was saying before, um, pretty much trying to lay claim over who would be possibly the next, you know, claiming I'm going to be the next NXT UK Women's Champion. No, I'm going to be the NXT next UK uh, women's champion. So, and then out comes Jazzy Gabbard attacking Piper Niven, and that's why we are here right now. Anywho, of course, without with any story, always comes the beginning. And from jump, you knew like when it comes to like the three people: Niven, Gabbard, and Rhea Ripley. I like that. Like when you think about dominant women in WWE or the dominant woman, the dominant alpha female, or however you want to do it. NXT actually has it down to a science. They've got it right. They've got the right formula. You know, they're letting, you know, when they had Piper Niven versus Rhea Ripley, that was a matchup to be expected. That was two top tier women who were pretty much going to be in the picture for NXT UK, top tier, top echelon of NXT UK's women's division. Now we have Niven versus Gabbard. And I'm all for it because, you know, I like Niven. I like Gabbard. I like both of them. I like all, all of this. But they actually book dominant women properly. And which, which is good. With, with WWE main roster-wise, they don't know how to book it properly for some reason. It just looks weird. comes across terrible. But NXT UK just has it down. They, they have these like, you know what? I, I, I'm the most dominant. Female. You know you? <laughs> Please. Let's settle in the rent, and that's how they do it. So anyway, let's start from the beginning, as we always do, especially with the main event focus. They staring, stare, literally, Jazzy Gabber literally stood in the middle of the ring, arms crossed, saying, what's up? Step up. Come through. You know, we here. Let's go. So, <laughs> which, I, which I fucking love from Jump. Um, so if Piper finally steps up to Jazzy in the center of the ring, they finally tie up. Um, Jazzy managing to power uh, Piper back a bit. Piper powers back. And then Jazzy comes back powering Piper. Piper powers back and they start pulling each other's hair. Jockeying for position. Don't mind that at all. Referee going for the count. And the two let go at four. Then they start the colliding of shoulders. 
a couple times. Neither woman backing down. Things start to speed up. They collide solidly yet again. Jazzy staggering a little bit. Piper keeps running off the ropes, bumping Jazzy. Jazzy almost falls out. Ginny coaching her from the outside. Jazzy. Actually, instead of coming back and going after Piper again, Ginny pretty much come calming her down. Taking her to the outside, letting her get a breather. You know, letting Niven, stopping Niven's momentum. And Nigel McGinnis definitely brought, took, you know, put that out there. You know, stopping her momentum, you know. Take, you know, having her, you know, instead of, you know, continuing on with her momentum, why not stop it at its pass? It's still early on in the match. Chill out. So, I believe she kind of got back in at about six. But Jenny then hops up on the apron and allowed Jesse to slide in and attack Piper Niven from behind. Nipper, uh, Piper holds off on this help the suplex. Try a suplex of her own. Jesse slips out, clubs Piper down to the mat. She then puts Piper in the corner, throwing body shots from behind, hitting the liver shots, if you will. So the referee's counting after that. Jazzy letting up at four, then goes back on the attack, but the referee stops her at four again. Piper then elbow hits a back elbow, hits a second one. Piper runs off out, but eats a kick. Picks, Jazzy picks Piper up for a scoop slam. Fans showing love for the strength. Jazzy goes for the cover and gets a two count out of that. Jazzy starts the ground and pound, and he's, for some reason, brought up Jazzy Gabbard's MMA experience, and she only has one win in her career. Which, don't get me wrong, any person who goes in the MMA cage, octagon, whatever the fuck, you got my respect. Because I ain't doing that shit. I'll train like an MMA fighter, but I ain't trying to throw hands with nobody. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not my forte. My forte is talking. Talking shit, one. Bagging another that I have to, two. That's a distant two. And three, talking about professional wrestling, because that's kind of my deal. Anyway, but I thought it was kind of a weird flex to just have that. For some reason, I was thinking in my head, like, okay, I mean, it cool. She she won a fight. I ain't mad at that. I don't know if they should have brought that up, though. But, I mean, either way, ground and pound from all sides. Piper's now dazed in the mat. Jazzy steps on her back, putting adding putting her strength on full display. Jazzy then pulling on the arms, digging her heel right into the spine. Very nice hold there. Piper then powers up to her feet. Jazzy goes for the knee, kicks her. Piper then powers the hold around. Jazzy starts clubbing Piper back, then puts Piper Irish whip into the corner. Piper then holds onto the ropes, then hits Jazzy with a headbutt, then hits a second, scooping Jazzy for a slam of her own, going off the ropes, basement splash onto Jazzy. Ginny is furious. Up on the apron again, Jazzy gets away. Piper drags Ginny in. Piper daring Ginny to do something. Ginny then swings at her, bobs and weaves, bobs and weaves that like it was nothing. Came back, headbutt the Ginny. Down goes Ginny. Referee telling her to get out of the ring. And Jazzy is on the other side of the ring recuperating from what just happened prior to that. Out comes Rhea Ripley. Bang! Hits her with the boot to the face. Rhea Ripley, of all people, helping out her rival? Well, the enemy of the of my enemy is my friend. Apparently, Jazzy Gabbard's now her enemy. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> Piper Niven, in this case is her friend. So, after the boo, Rhea throwing her back in the ring, Piper hits her with a big senton. One, two, three. Piper Niven defeats Jazzy Gabbard. Rhea Ripley with the assist. Not a bad way to end NXT UK. This was a good building show. I wouldn't say this was the best show. This is probably one of their weaker shows. Um, but other than that, you know, they, they did what they had to do. They got some stuff going and they got a couple of things going. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So what do we take away from this show? A good amount of things. 
Imperium now is the next few Imperium now is the next few for the hunt. Um at this point, a lot of people, and I'm think and I'm leaning towards this as well. If you're an NXT UK aficionado, um, it looks like Imperium's gonna be the next team to take the tag titles. I think it's just that evident. I think we spoke about this a, a, a while back. Uh, after um, NXT UK TakeOver, Cardiff, and I just have a strange thing, I have a strange feeling that it's going to be Imperium to be the ones to take the titles off of Andrews and Webster. I don't know how long the feud is, uh, you know, their title run is going to be, and that's okay, we kind of don't need to know, but whenever UK next NXT UK show comes for TakeOver, guaranteeing you, Imperium is probably going to be the one to take the titles away from working in um flash and webster and mark andrews so that's i mean it's not a bad thing but it's kind of a, you know it's, it's a good way to help imperium continue their climb up towards the nxt uk championship um ladder Ilya coming back next week um gonna be interesting to see if we do get you know him in singles action or maybe um helping the hunt i don't know what will happen with that Ilya Dragunov on NXT UK TV, always in my world, is a happy day. So, it's cool with me. Um, Devlin looking good in his victory over Star. Stars actually looked a lot better um, this time around. It was really cool to see him in action. Really good shit. Um, Dave Master being the one to call Devlin out, though, is a, fun, is a very interesting one. I think this would be an interesting feud um, to see how uh, Devlin and Mastiff get down. Uh, maybe we get a triple... I mean, what what they're saying on ChairShot.com and what I'm thinking, um, this is what they're saying about this. Now, quote, stars look great in this match with Devlin tonight, but it was obviously going to go Devlin's way. I was pleasantly surprised to see Mastiff calling Devlin out, so now it won't be just, it won't just be Devlin versus Big. We could get Devlin versus Mastiff or a triple threat as well, winner moving on to try Walter at either UK TakeOver or a WWE Worlds Collide since there's world word. WWE Worlds Collide will be moving up in the WWE schedule hierarchy. Meanwhile, Master versus Williams was solid. Hopefully, Williams hopefully wasn't really hurt, but it made the story of a match either way. Where is our NXT UK mid card title? Yes, end quote. Yes, all of that. I like all of that. Because Devlin and Bate were going to have a little bit of a feud. Now you're throwing Mastiff into the, into the possible ring with that triple threat number one contenders match and then go on to maybe Worlds Collide during Royal Rumble weekend, NXT UK Championship on the line. Um, of course, Gallus versus Andrews versus Andrews and Webster. That's going to be a fun match. They had a good promo. Very well done. Um, standard stuff. You know, GYV sticking their claims to whoever wins. Um, you know, maybe GYV and... Uh, I mean, I mean, GYD, GYV definitely, gets, definitely needs to get into another feud soon. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. So we'll, we'll see how, how the tag team uh, division runs going forward. The women's division, though, is a little bit more complicated. Um, you now have Zaya and Nina going to be going up against each other. That'll be a nice little match for them. Um, we, I mean, I would have thought for the life of me that they, they would have started probably making it definitive as to what two or three people they were going to focus on in terms of Kaylee Ray's title reign. Um, I would have loved to see Tegan Knox kind of be that one to, you know, bleed that charge. Or maybe they're just... Because Tony Storm still hasn't shown up yet. Tony Storm's bill been, you know, 
non-existent in terms of coming back for a rematch for her championship. As far as I know, rematch hasn't taken place yet. I think that's what we're waiting on. Waiting on Storm to collect their stuff. And possibly later on sometime, either later this month or later on in the year, we get the rematch between Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm. Maybe we see a different version of Tony Storm. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to see how what, what happens with the women's division now. There's a lot up in the air. So, like I said, for me to do a top tier, mid tier, lower tier, still, I mean, with this point, I'm just going with the flow of what NXT UK is doing. And they haven't really established, besides um, Kaylee Ray, who is tops, Tony Storm still is tops. Other than that, they really haven't. I really haven't really figured out who is where just yet. Feel me? I'm still working on it in my head. Still working on it, you know. But at one point, I can say Zaya is a mid tier, and Iladon's a lower tier. Nina's is teetering on both. It's it's a little bit of pain in the ass, but that's how, how the method of my madness works. Um, Darren Seven should be a good one in a couple weeks. We should get that. That'll be great fun. Rhea helping Piper, that was fun. They're probably gonna, that's gonna probably lead to a tag team match between Nevin and Ripley versus Gabbard and Jenny. And Rhea is definitely getting super popular. It'll, it, it, it's definitely helping her over in the U.S. side of NXT with things she does on NXT UK. She's, I think she's become very popular. I've spoken about her at length. I'm a big fan of hers. We stand Rhea Ripley over here on the on the podcast. It's just a, it's just a thing. It is, is what it is, and I think this will help. It helps Niven because she got the victory over Gabbard, but it helps Ripley just as much. Um, with Gabbard and Ginny, I think they got to start racking up some wins if they're going to start being unbelievable. We'll see what they have in store for Gabbard and Ginny going forward. I mean, they, the last tag match they had together, they did win. So, but yeah, something's got something's got to give on this one if they if they decide to go about this tag match sometime in the in the, in the weeks to come. And that, ladies and gentlemen is your NXT review. We're going to take a little short break, listen from our sponsor, and get you prepared for episode 121 of the Young Lions Perspective. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 120 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, you have an opinion about what happened on NXT UK, what you thought about the WWE Draft Night 1, what you thought about the original ending, to the original plans for Hell in, the Hell in a Cell ending, Hit me up with a voice message on my site, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Hit me up with a voice message, and if I like it enough, I will have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective podcast. If you did enjoy this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions Perspective. Share this episode across all your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, whatever you got. Share this episode across all your social media and let the people know that the Young Lions Perspective is your alternative professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, if you don't happen to have the Anchor app and you still want to check out this episode of the podcast and all 119 episodes of the podcast, all going back to last year, last July to be exact, 
including four episodes of the Secret Files podcast and six episodes of Outside the Ropes, including my interview with Sonny Arvado, author of Instagods. You can still find that on Amazon.com. Get it on your Kindle. It's only about seven, eight bucks, maybe a little bit more, but it's still a great read. You can still find this podcast, though, across several different platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, CastBox FM, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions perspective across all these different platforms. You should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, the YLP universe, whether it be breaking news, live tweeting, 60-second thoughts from yours truly, talking about the product as a whole, me flexing in the gym, which never really had me doing flex picks at the gym, never really happens, but I am getting a little, my arms getting a little bigger. Anyway, you can follow me, though, on Twitter at SuedesEditor, W-W-I, that's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital W, capital I. Y'all know, like I said, I do live tweeting for SmackDown Live, AEW, Every WWE live pay-per-view, every AEW live pay-per-view, even though I know it's going to cost me a shit ton to pay for AEW product. And, of course, on the rare occasion that I am up at 2 a.m. in the morning and I have nothing else better to do, I do live tweeting for New Japan as well. Also, check me out on the mothership of everything that is the YLP universe. I am on Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that is going on the Young Lions Perspective, episode 121. Before I begin my week, or should I say six days of overnight nonsense, to round out my old job before I get into my new job, hopefully it'll just be that one week, we'll be going down Monday, we'll probably be going over some news of the weekend, nothing too serious, a little lighthearted talking shit show about the news of what happened over the weekend in the world of professional wrestling. So until Monday, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your night. If you are watching college football, whoever team you are rooting for, I hope they win for you. I got my squad Penn State playing tonight. Big matchup in Ames, Iowa, as we take on the Hawkeyes. And I have them winning 28-13. to Yes, a bigger victory than the experts expect, but I expect my Nittany Lions to do work tonight on those bum-ass Hawkeyes. So until Monday, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Drink responsibly. Drink one for me. And make sure you take that Uber and Lyft home. And if you're about to get it in, make sure you strap up because you don't want no babies. I'll see you guys Monday for episode 121 of the Young Lions Perspective. See you.